Warning, if you are faint of heart or easily offended, this show is not for you. Struggling to find an all-in-one platform for the latest poker news and thrilling poker stories? Only Poker has got you covered. The platform is packed with exciting poker news, discussions, and games that you won't be able to resist. Share your thoughts with friends on the hottest poker topics in our circle. Discover the best poker games anytime, anywhere, and secure your seat at the table. Find all your poker needs in one place. Download only poker and join the best poker community today. Okay, this is the Nick Fertucci show. I am Nick Fertucci, and I am here. You, if you're in the poker community, you know who this guy is, Sean Deeb. Sean, how are you? Good, man. Just uh, down in Florida for a little Hard Rock series, uh, hanging out at my friend Matt Glantz's house, and uh, just uh, you know enjoying the few days off of the from the series, and time to get back to work. Nice, nice. So I was telling you this earlier. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this one because you're kind of controversial guy in the poker community. We have a lot to talk about. I did text you earlier just to make sure to say, Hey, do you give a shit what I ask you, what I talk about? You said, you can ask me anything. We can talk about anything. I said, okay, I'm going to push you a little bit on some stuff. You said, well, you know, I'm going to push back. I like it. So that's what we're going to do. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, cool. So let's get out the bullshit first. Uh, You're 37, you're married, you got kids and uh all that shit right yeah you know i'm actually an adult now i'm not just an online poker pro i travel still playing a lot of tournaments i still try to be the best dad i can and you know thankfully through poker i've met so many great parents who have been amazing mentors on how to make the marriage survive and how to make the kids thrive and you know that's my main focal point every day is trying to figure out what i can do best for my family are you able, like like you said, so you're able to <clears throat> figure out how to put all those hours in and how to have a healthy marriage? Because poker players kind of struggle in that area. Some of them don't even find families and be, are able to create that because of their lifestyle. But you've been able to balance it. I'm doing my best. My wife is a little pissed off because uh, um, our 10th anniversary is tomorrow. So I don't oh. know when this is going to air. So uh, she was a little mad. I obviously am terrible with dates and remembering things. So I got signed up to help someone out this week. So I ended up in Florida a little bit early and she said, well, you're not going to be home for our anniversary. And then I realized it was coming up and it was our 10 years. So I have to give her a lot of things to make up for not being there. That's good. And this probably won't help her much because she probably doesn't care about me, but uh, I forgot my 30th. Okay. So, and I was being tested and I failed. And so it happens, right? Yeah, it ended up making me think of a really good business idea. So I actually talked to my one friend. Uh, well, you know, now he's going to be more famous than me, but the current main event champion about some coding thing of an idea. And I think uh, maybe this app will save people like you or me who completely forget every important thing that's going on in their life. Nice. So it's going to be an anniversary rem- reminder? Something like that. I, I, I tied in a few things. Obviously, those apps exist, but I think I thought of a pretty cool element to it where it would, it might work, it might not, but I think, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we have the time resources to make something cool happen and it solves a problem that a lot of us have. So, 
You know, obviously, anytime you go into a new sector or new business, it's extremely difficult learning curve. But I think if if we go forward with this, you know, obviously, I just woke up this morning and thought of it because of my own shortcomings. But I feel like most of the best business ideas are when you notice something is lacking and you are the ideal customer and then you figure out how to, you know, bring it to the masses. So I was going to ask you later, but I'll just ask you now since you brought it up. How do you know the world champ? You guys just known each other for a long time. You were on his rail. You were pretty prominent through that whole thing. Yeah, so uh, I met Dan, I think, 11 years ago. We both made a final table at the World Series, the 10K Pot Limit Hold'em. Uh, and he was sitting to my right. And back then, they used to do bios and intros. So they're announcing everyone. And it was a pretty notable final table. And, you know, they announced Dan. And they're like, and former lumberjack. And he had like this long, kind of like mullet-type hair and a trucker yeah. hat on. And he's like 24 years old. And I just look at him, I was like, I can't believe you tried that bluff. That's fucking hilarious. And like two minutes later, he leans in and is like, who's that black guy? Who's Phil Ivy? You know, obviously he knows who oh Phil is. I, I just start laughing. And I'm like, <clears throat> you know, I could tell that me and him were going to get along well. And then I think it was like a year or so later, I'm down in Florida, actually close to where I'm now in West Palm. And Open Face just got popular. And Dan actually created Fantasyland. So before winning the main event, that was his most notable accomplishment that most people didn't know. And so me and him played open face together. We started traveling together, hanging out. And, uh, you know, he's been my closest friend probably for the last five to seven years. In oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Were you? Oh, that's interesting. Were you, were you really playing online on your laptop or were you doing something else? No, I was really playing online. I mean, I was doing other stuff. I was yeah. relaying hands, uh, <clears throat> attempting to get an old spreadsheet we had working for whole cards that unfortunately right. we couldn't get going. But uh, I was there in any aspect he needed me to do. But, you know, Dan is such a great player. He didn't want or need any coaching. It was just to relay a couple hands that he was interested yeah. in what his opponents had. And, you know, just to be there for moral support and motivation. And he obviously played great and uh, excelled in the spotlight. Is he, since you guys are close, is he just like, what the hell happened? Can he even believe this? He, his life hasn't changed. And, no. you know, it didn't change during the tournament. I think uh, going to the final table of nine, people were asking me, like, how's Dan feeling? How's he sleeping? And I go, honestly, I the way Dan's mm -hmm. acting, you think he made day two of a 1500 in Cherokee. Right. He didn't care about the money, the attention. He was knew what he was focused on, knew what mm -hmm. to do. And there was so little distraction for him. And I think so many people in that spotlight get their adrenaline going too much. They just can't sleep. They just don't eat. Like, he was on the same routine from day one of that tournament to the final day, whatever day 14 nice. total it was. So it was, it was so relaxed. And I think he was just such in a better space mentally than his opponents. And it obviously showed he didn't waver. He didn't have really one mistake. Um, and he made every correct decision. That's awesome, man. All right. This is going to be painful, but let's talk about you. Um, you the, got the six, less results. <laughs> you got six WSOP bracelets. Is that accurate? Yeah, currently at six, tied with uh, some good players and some not so good players. But uh, you know, it's time to uh, really <laughs> polish off the resume. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all uphill from here. And you have three world championships online. Yeah, I think I've won more than three W cubes. That's an. Uh, that's what you better call Wiki because that's, that's that's what they're saying. I I mean, I, I if they tell me that, I believe it. I, I know I've won a lot of the online titles. Right. Um, it also I says won them recently. It also says there for WSP 21 final tables, 114 money caches, finishes. Pretty good. 
not bad for a guy that's only what 37. How, how long ago did you start playing poker? I started mm-hmm. when I was 16. Um, like oh, you did? People, yeah, I started playing $20 tournaments at my house. Um, we'd watch the Moneymaker episodes in the background. And, you know, it's always so surreal to realize how good of friends I am with so many people who were in those era, whether, you know, being really close with RA now and he was on the Raymer episodes. It's just like Raymer, Moneymaker, Hashem, like all the world champs from when I was coming up in poker, I now consider friends or colleagues. And, you know, yeah. they even come to me for advice or hands sometimes. So it's so crazy Pretty the progression surreal. of this industry, like the respect I've earned from, uh, you know, the community. And I'm very appreciative of all the support. Well, we're going to talk about that later about your status or your the, the respect you have in the uh, the community because you think very highly of yourself as far as not just your poker skills but your ability to uh, know what's right and wrong. So we could talk about that later. No, we could talk about it now. I, I mean, no, we, no, we no. Can go back and I want to talk okay. about the boring shit first. Oh, okay. Well, this is the Nick Fertucci show, so I'm not going to take it. That over. is true. I used to have to. Uh, I used to have to tell Valerie. You know, there's the sign, but you know, she didn't she didn't want to believe it. She so, might not be able to read, to be fair. <laughs> I figured I'd do some setup because I know you guys like to troll each other. Anyways, uh okay, real quick. Everyone knows about this. It's been the talk of everything. You got in this bet with uh Perkins to get down to 17% body fat by what is it, May 30th, 2024, his million dollars to your 100 k Yeah, so um you know, Perkins definitely got lucky that Dan won the main event. Um, I went off my diet for two days. I'm doing a little bit more traveling probably with Dan over the next few months. Um, we're going to go to a few more stops that I probably wouldn't have gone to. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's a focal point, but it's not the sole thing in my life. Like, I can't put my job on hold. I can't put my family on hold. Right. So that was one of the things Perkins was counting on when he booked this bet was – I wouldn't care about losing 100K and I would just fuck off. Like I've been very good on diet. Um, Exercising was almost impossible during the series. Just too many hours. Uh, When I went homeless last week, I got some workouts in. I'm trying to get some workouts in down here. Um, And that's kind of where it is, is like I kind of have to piecemeal together. I can't just like do a three month straight workout camp because there's well, too much. Hope, like you said, he, he was hoping for that. He knows you're a poker player. He's he's he makes the bets. He he's pretty aware of what's going on. What what is the most then okay? So how much was the most you've lost in weight? And what lowest body fat were you at? And then now, since you've had a little bit of a hiccup, how much weight are you at now and body fat? So where are we at leading towards the 20 uh May 30, May 30th? I- I haven't weighed since I left home like five days ago. So I'm guessing I'm about 250 now, which is down 56 pounds. I haven't been scanned in over three months. It's actually one of the things I'm going to do while I'm down here is to get scanned. I'm guessing I'm low 30s in body fat. Um, but, you know, you're you're going to get a lot of different readings on this stuff. And yeah. I set back, I gained like five pounds back after Dan won. And okay. then one day when I was home, all of a sudden I lost that. So I'm still like, you know, at peak amount of weight loss. But yeah, I'm, it's I know it's a 14 month grind. I know the long term value of the decisions I'm making now, how they affect it. And, you know, I'm just trying to do every little bit here or there to give myself a better shot of it. Uh, yeah. And <clears throat> are you are you happy you made this bet? Not so much to win. 
a million dollars. Of course, everyone would love that. But are you happy you made this? Like, has it changed things for you? Of course, it's the obvious. Yes, you're going to feel better. Yes, you're going to look better. Yes, your blood panels have to be better. We know that it's healthier long term, all that shit. But for you, when you were at your heaviest, were you unhappy? Because I, I, I think I remember you saying no. Yeah, uh, this is what shocks everyone is I still don't feel any different day-to-day movement. Um, when I actually started getting tested from like high-end doctors, they said how actually good my blood work was for someone my size with my health marker. Like they said I was probably one of the healthiest 300 pound guys they ever seen wow. because my body seems to be very, well, I've done some genetic testing and I have a few mutations that definitely help me. And a part of the reason I've been so successful in this industry. So I think I'm just a freak of nature and yeah, I, I haven't felt any day where I'm like, oh man, I really have feel a noticeable difference. Um, that is weird <clears throat> because people who lose that amount of weight have more energy. They feel better. They can think clearer. And now you said there is something that gives you an edge in this, in this industry as poker. What was that again? So I have a few mutations and one of them is the way I handle stress as well as the way my body synthesizes like sleep effectively. So I work most days on four hours of sleep or less, and I still can, you know, function at a very high level. Oh, so you're a natural, meaning whatever it's mutations, but you're a natural because, you know, most people when they can't process stress, um, it turns to cortisol, the weight gain, all that shit. So your, your system is actually fighting against what you're trying to do to it. Like you're actually running really great, but you just can't pass up the chicken fingers. I, I, it, it was all, you know, for me, it was all convenience. I like yeah. convenience more than anything else in life. I've <clears throat> done everything on demand, whatever I want. <clears throat> so, you know, my family owns a fried fish restaurant. So like I ate a lot of fried food as a kid. Like I was a very healthy, active, athletic kid in high school. And I had like a year where I had a bunch of injuries, like three broken ankles, a broken wrist and a broken back. And I just kind of stopped playing sports and got hooked on computers then. And then, you know, as poker came on, I gained a little bit of weight. Um, and then, right. you know, wife getting pregnant, put on a lot of weight then. And so I've just not really been as active besides just playing with the kids. And I never really exercised outside of playing sport. And then I was so focused on poker, I stopped playing sports. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm always on the line of like offending a whole community. But also I'll just see if, the, if I do that right now. Um, <clears throat> but because I guess there's a community, fat community, right? You know that that is a sensitive. You act like you're so small. What's that? No, I, I was going to get. So small. I was going to get to the part with me, like, like I'm 20 years older than you, and and I carry extra weight, and I fucking hate it. I hate when I walk past. Like I'm, I've actually lost 20 pounds recently, but I still got another 10 or 15 to go, in my opinion, just because you know it's hard, man. But but like walking by like a mirror or walk whatever, and I look and go, fuck, who's that? Like it really sometimes used to bother me. Did it ever bother you? Like just being like, I just like am really fat. No, I've I've never cared of what I look like. I mean, you see what I'm looking like in public right now with this beard and this hair. Like I, I've never cared about physical <laughs> right. appearance. Yeah. I care, you know, it's never been a problem of mine. I've never been insecure. Like even at my heaviest, if we go to the beach, I'm gonna take off my shirt and jump in the pool. Like I've never been you like don't care. No, I've that's I, such I, a I just, gift. Because that must be some other mutation that you have in your brain. To I not think care. it's just 
being a, an adult and recognizing that if you're going to live your whole life worried about people's opinion of you, the most of the opinions you can't even change, you're, you're right. wasting so much brain power and energy. And like, yeah, I've, I've just, that's, I think part of the reason I've been able to take some of the stances I can publicly is because people yeah. have called me a scumbag, call me out for whatever. And I'm like, it doesn't bother. I just laugh. I'm like, I can't believe yeah. I got that far mm. under your skin that you I'm went so far out of your way to fucking try to like, ruin me like it's going to affect me by insulting me yeah i was just going to say that before you said that this must be one of the reasons why you lean into some of your thoughts or some of your opinions and it and i was going to say it doesn't it just really doesn't seem to bother you what what anyone thinks of you or if you're right or wrong or whatever it's it's kind of bizarre to me because i i'm not like that and so it's it's a very i don't know i think it's a good trait because it seems peaceful i don't I don't know if it is in the sense that like there's less awareness of some of the shit you're doing and saying, right? Maybe, possibly. Well, well, yeah. For or a lot of times, people I've met have been like, "You have no empathy." Like that's their automatic assumption. Like yeah. you don't care about other people's feelings because you don't care about their opinion of them. Where it's actually really wrong with that that uh, assessment because you know you can ask any of my closest friends and people I've helped out over the years is like, I am very generous. I am very helpful. I am very caring right. about my circle. But I also am willing to make comments on people I'm very close with that's brutally honest with them where they it might hurt for them to hear from someone they're close to, you know, disagree with something they're doing or saying or, you know, have a lower opinion of their poker skill. But they also know that I'm not like saying that to offend them. I'm saying that because it's my honest opinion. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people I surround myself with all know they're going to get brutal honesty and they've all accepted that and they've all, you know, don't get as offended as they would if someone else said it. No, it totally makes sense. I mean, which leads us to some of the things we were going to talk about and 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 in no particular order. And some of them are so far back that we can just gloss over them. I mean, a lot of people know these. I think this is may I don't know how many podcasts you've been on or what you've talked about, but this will be kind of like a one-stop shop and, and I'll hit a couple of them. Like I said, we are going retro on a lot of things. I want to talk about Jack four, which is not plus EV for me because it's all dead and gone, but I still want to do it. That's who I am too. You know that I, I lean into shit. <clears throat> you and I kind of, it wasn't a big deal, but you and I had like a little thing uh, during Jack four. Uh, I don't know what you call it, but we're good. And even during the million dollar game, you popped off in my opinion, and we went back and forth, but we seem to just only have a couple comments and I know you. So I was smart enough just to say a couple things and then let it go because like, I can't win because uh, you don't care. And yeah. you know, so it was just smarter for me just to say, okay, well I said what I said. Okay. So <clears throat> you know how I first remember the, what I, let me turn this off. What I first remember about you, and this isn't a beef, maybe it was a short it was a short term, whatever. But when I finally knew who you were, you used to play at Poker Night in America a lot. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. That's when I remember kind of being aware of who you were. Um, and I remember the thing with Mike Mattisau when you slow rolled him. He was ready to probably have you killed. And uh, but that was just a short thing. And you guys made up pretty quick. Or did that carry on for a while? It was about three months until he would take my phone calls. Oh, uh, really? It went on three months. Yeah, Mike is a very headstrong guy, and he really believes if you slighted him, it's the yeah. worst thing ever. And, you know, eventually he realized mm -hmm. that I've 
been known for doing that from online. That was the first big live solo I did. And also it made great TV. And Matisau, I would hate to admit it, but, you know, he even got more famous because of that hand. It's probably the hand people rem- – when you think of Mike Matisau, you think of Mike Matisau getting slow rolled. It's just like a helmet blow-up. It, like, it does come right up – it, it comes right up at the top – that and his beef with uh Sean Chacon or him, Chacon, yeah, yeah, that and then he the hates other one people with the name Sean. You what, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then the other one was when he was uh screwing with Raymer uh during the during his run. So those are the things that I remember, obviously. But Mike's Mike's a character. Um, <clears throat> on that same show, uh, hashtag King wanted to fight you. At one point, you guys got yep. in a really big thing, didn't he? Insult you and your family and a bunch of things, yeah, like he that? just talked a lot of shit about my wife. Now, listen. I know I'm fat. He was the same size as me and called me a fat fuck. And I'm like, listen, man, you know, you could, if you're, you're a little bit in shape, like Nick, you're in a little better shape. You do a little lifting. Okay. You know, but he was literally looked the identical body type of mine. If not, he was heavier than me at the point. And he was such a desperate, depressed, uh, degenerate. Like you knew he was on the way out of poker. And I just laughed. And it was really funny because the person who actually coordinated that show is here, I'm at his house, Mac Lance, because he was involved in scheduling Poker Night in America. And at the time, Hashtag King was trying to get Doug to play him for a million dollars or some stupid amount. That's that he right. Yeah, he was like arguing about like some date he wouldn't give him or some shit. Yeah. So and then so Glance won a really controversial episode. So he had Doug and Hashtag King there to fight. And then at the time, I was quarreling the most with Brandon Cantu. And mm. part of the reason I was quarreling with Brandon was because he owed money – to Dan Wyman. So, and Dan is too passive and doesn't really call people out on his shit. So I was basically fighting a fight for Dan that he didn't really want attention to, but I knew that Cantu did him wrong financially. So I wanted to go after Cantu. So the whole episode was supposed to be these two one-on-ones. And instead me and hashtag King just ended up going off the rails versus each other and me stacking him and needling him. So was Cantu on that, on that stream? Well. Okay, yeah. So you were going at it with Cantu, you and hashtag King, hashtag King and Doug. That was, that was the plan. That episode. It was yeah. all arguing. Yeah. It made a terrible, terrible show. They actually oh. removed it for a few years from YouTube because the casino actually threatened to kick them out because when, when hashtag King started like trying to set, pawn his passport as collateral and different his watches. For a loan, just, right? What? For a loan. Yeah, he, he was trying to use his collateral for a loan because he was waiting on a wire and like some anti-gambling um like advocacy groups like found the clips and started like harassing. It was it was so bad like for the stream, but it was still so funny to be a part of because you know mm. when you're seeing a train wreck go down and we all knew that this was the end of hashtag king. And the only time he ever popped up after that was some video of him getting his ass kicked by some, uh, you know, guys at a home game in Toronto that he owed money to for sports. It's like Wait, that was okay. So <clears throat> I have a shit ton of questions about all this. Let me figure out in what in row I want to go here. Okay. Um, was his name Solomon Ponte? Was that his real name? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. The first thing is, what was he saying about your wife, and why would he do that? You can make it quick. We don't have to go into uh, that. But. I don't. He. I don't even remember what he was saying. Maybe my wife was fat and ugly or something. Oh my like- God. That's just honestly like that might just be right on stream and just a straight fucking right to the chops. Like that's just not okay. I, I listen, you know, my wife is a, a similar person. I had a mind pretty strong. And you know, when, when someone's trying to just get under your skin, why would you give them what they want and react the way they want to? 
see, I agree with you. And I listen, Sean, I, I have learned over the last two years, all the mistakes I've made trying to figure out how to navigate through this, this poker industry and being, uh, going from a nobody, I'm still a nobody, but to being seen basically because of my show. Okay. Um, so I mean it that way, not any other way. <clears throat> and so well, we know skill wise, you would never be anyone poker. So skill, we get it. skill wise, if it was poker and me and skill, uh, there's not, there, the name doesn't exist. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm a, I'm a nothing burger, but I have this stupid show. So, so I get trolled, but so, <clears throat> so the thing is, uh, so I've learned what you're saying to be absolutely true. I guess what I'm just saying is for me, I've had some, uh, a couple things, a couple people online that have been extremely nasty and I had a tough time accepting it. Now I'm totally good with it. But I think the one thing, and I guess I'm giving everyone the fuel they need, is that if you hit my family, my wife or my kids, it's a whole different story for me. I don't know why, but that just makes me go to a level no, where- I, I, I think that's <clears throat> normal. I think most people are that way. It's like, yeah. we know we can defend ourselves and protect ourselves. But when you start taking shots at the innocent bystanders who have done nothing to you and are totally third party, like that's so I'll bad for the mentality of a lot of people. And, yeah. and, and, you know, so many people have said over the years, I can't believe you didn't hit him. I would hit him. I'll go hit him for you. I'm like, listen, like physical violence, like needles are needles. Like if, but you're trying to get under my skin, I am never going to give into you and give you the satisfaction. I'm just going to keep making fun of you and just you because that's all I need. There was plenty of stuff to give him shit about and make no, fun of. I know. I'm not disagreeing with you. That is a great strategy. Um, did the thing ever get worked out between Cantu and, uh, and Wyman? Um, partially. Um, he paid a chunk of it. But there was, you know, the deadlines weren't met. So right. Dan still feels I fit I'm I'm speaking for him and you know, it's probably better questions for him. I think he still feels owed and Cantu feels like it's been made whole. Yeah. Um, you know, but how it yeah. always is. Yeah. I mean, one party takes advantage of another and the other one has to take yeah. the worst of it. Um, right. but you know what? With Cantu, me and him actually played on stream for the first time since then, um, actually down in Texas a few months ago with uh, Helmuth and a few others. So yeah, actually, you know, Brazil God and some of the Chicago guys. Oh, those guys are the best. Yeah. Oh, the, you talk about a good needling show. When we had Pink, uh, Louise, uh, I forget the other like Italian looking kid, Helmuth, myself, and Justin Young and Brian, yeah. Brian Green. It was an amazing lineup of needles. And it was not that repetitive needle. Everyone had a new joke on someone. And it was just hilarious for six hours straight. Yeah, I, the Chicago guys will just—that's what they're known by to me too. They're the great—they're the greatest group. When we have them on the show, we could—we—we <clears throat> we just have the greatest shows. I got to play with them, I believe, one time. Um, they are relentless. It was fun. Um, every one of them had uh, um, a Rolex on. I had a Breitling, so I was taking a lot of heat about basically not having a real watch while we we're playing. And I said, "All right, well." I'm going to fucking dust you guys and I'm going to buy myself a Rolex and I won 36,000. I bought a Rolex. So it's my Chicago Roly. Um, and, uh, uh, but those guys, uh, Brazil God and, and the rest of that crew, they, they are the nuts. Uh, I love those guys. Yeah. I actually have an open invite to go to their home game and, uh, sometime <clears throat> in the near future, I'm going to go there and I might even bring Dan as well. And like, the funny thing is like three or four other people from their game, I know independently, I didn't know they were all part of the same game. Like Jeremy Kaufman, who played a bunch of games. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the Michael Monchek, who had a great World Series. Uh, and then uh, Todd Ivins. Like, all these people I knew separately. And they're like, oh, we all play the same game. And I'm, like, 
pretty good, like friendly whenever I see them, like seven of eight of the guys in the game. So I have an open invite. We're going to go have some fun. How about, do some how, shit about talking. how about we have you Wyman and uh, six or seven of the Chicago guys. And we do, uh, we do a couple days sh- like week or a week show, or we, we do a thing on HCL. I, I think that is definitely something that if the schedules match, I'm, I'm in for that. Okay. Well, let's talk about it for sure. Yeah. Um, the other thing is you say there's a video of someone physically kicking uh hashtag king's ass. Yeah. Um, Can you send me that link? Uh I will find it. Yeah, it's just okay, you cool. know it oh, was that's interesting. I didn't know that. It, it was it was enjoyable, um, you know, because obviously I don't want to do that. I'm never gonna do that, but you know, when someone screws people over for lots of money and yeah, it's inevitable. Yeah, yeah, especially with that mouth on him. Um, and you said you everybody knew he was on his way out. How so? And where is he today? Does anyone know? Um, I mean, we knew he was on his way out of poker. Like he just didn't have any money. You know, it's, it's so random, the things in poker. So the first thing he got known for was this interview, the term he ended up winning for like a couple hundred thousand and who interviewed him was actually Janine Deeb, a very close friend of mine. No relation. Janine Deeb. Okay. So she used to be a poker media person back in the day and she was working WPT deep stacks at the time. And that's the term he won. So he thought he was hot shit winning this one tournament. You knew right. he didn't have much money. He always would claim how much was in his bank account and then always waiting on money and always trying to play bigger because he didn't want anyone to ever accept it because he was a fish. So you know those guys who are like, oh, you want to play for 100K? They say, yes, okay, let's play 500K. Like it's kind of what I thought Airball was initially doing with Berkey was kept trying to move up stakes so Berkey couldn't say yes. Ah, you know? yeah. So yeah, I guess <clears throat> that wasn't the case. Airball showed up got a fucking waxed and then, you know, admitted it. And I think Airball showed a lot of characters. Some of the character people like you have said about him in, yeah. in, in defeat. Yeah, absolutely. Nick Airball has a big mouth. Uh, half of it's calculated. The other half could be alcohol or just like timing. Um, but I've often said he's a good guy. He does have a huge heart. I know that I, and me, I will not give a stamp like that unless I really believe it at this point of my relationship with him. I believe that. And, um, and he did he did show some class after, you know, he's like, hey, look, congratulations. You won. You kicked my ass. Um, obviously, I didn't know shit about this, but it took a shot. And, uh, you know, I respect it. And just like you said. So, yeah, he's a good kid. Um, you did say something about and then we'll get off this character because he's a nothing burger. But you did say something about him being uh, the, the hashtag king being like just a shitty, unhappy. Is there something you knew about him? You were mentioning something about his internal operations. Uh, I mean, I just had enough interactions of people hanging out with him in Vegas. Like one of the favorite things um, I know about him that's not that public is when he was in Vegas, Mattisau of all people tried to help him out because he saw like the the telltale signs of a person struggling mentally and financially. And Mattisau brought him to his rabbi in Vegas, whose Mattisau has gone for 20 years. And this rabbi told Mattisau, this guy's fucking nuts. So if someone's dealt with Mattis for 20 years <laughs> and that's the bar and this guy's so much worse than that. You know, the, rab- the rabbi's like, hey, listen, God I'm can't out. protect this guy. And yeah. he's not going to pay his bill either when I bill him <laughs> for this. So I'm <laughs> just kidding. <clears throat> that's interesting. All right. So you've also went head to head with Daniel Negrano over Rake. Uh, no, uh, it was guys- not over Rake. Um, what, what was it? That was over his marriage at the time. What? Yeah. Okay, let's go. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my I thought God. it was over percentage of rake or something. No, that was that was him and Doug. Me and me and Daniel had a total. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so how the fuck did you get in a beef with him over his marriage? So let me let me word this properly. Um, okay. 
So me and Daniel, you know, we're pretty close early in my career. Um, one of my old roommates, a uh, player by the name Adam Junglin, was one of his coaches of his poker VT, was staked by uh, Daniel. So I met him early on in my career. And one of the first few times I ever played with Daniel was uh, World Series Europe in London. And we played this hand blind versus blind where he limped the small blind, I raised, and he said, I'll raise you up, buttercup or something. I forget the exact verb she used. And he threw in the call with his left hand and put in a raise with his right hand. And I go, you know you can't do that. That's a string raise. It's obvious it's a string raise. So we get in an argument. He says I'm angle shooting him because I don't want him to raise. And I'm just like, rules of poker are rules of poker. You're a professional. You know what you did is not a raise. So yeah, whether your intention was it or not, it just doesn't – it's just the rule. Correct. I, 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 have, I have a mentality in tournament poker. You have to call the rules equally because if someone's going to call it out on you, you can't get free rolled in that spot. So there's been multiple times where people have disagreed with me enforcing the rules, but also they've – people who know me better have watched me enforce the same rules upon myself when it's to hurt my own equity. So, right. um, so he, me and him getting this big argument. Um, this floor person comes over. who's not really a floor person. He was a security guard for the casino. He knows who Daniel Legrano is. He rules in Daniel's favor. It's a legal raise. I, I, I kind of lose my shit. I try to bet him, you know, $10,000, what Matt Savage would say is the ruling. And Maury comes over to me and is like, hey, we're going to air this. It's going to be a great episode. It's a great segment. Um, so throughout the years, me and him kind of quarreled over that. And so he um, had said some shit about me. And me and him got in some disagreements, like drinking at different stops, about he called me an angle shooter when I'm like, you're the one who fucking angle shot. So we kind of had this back and forth. And uh, when he was getting married, I unfortunately sent something in a group chat that got back to Daniel about what I thought was the success of his marriage at the time. And um, so they basically, it got back to him and <clears throat> did his podcast and called me the biggest angle shooter of my generation, which someone like me who cares about integrity, like I said, I don't care about my personal appearance and stuff, but you start insulting my integrity. That's where I start getting offended. I've done everything right in 20 years. I have no skeletons. I've never done anything shady in, in eras when a lot of people did shady things. So for him to, with his platform being Daniel Legrano, say that, it really irked me. And so me and him started going at it. Um, and he, basically at one point our Twitter spat, like my wife and his wife were both on Twitter. All four of us were going back and forth with jabs. And no uh, shit. He, I offered to make a player of the year bet. He says, I can't trust you to not do something shady. And I'm like, now you're attacking my integrity again. I said, okay, well, let's do a 500K marriage last longer bet. My marriage versus yours. Wow. And now, he, do you, is that, did you guys make it? No, we did not book it. Okay. Um, he basically no. said, no, you're too likely to die of a heart attack before you get divorced. <laughs> so it's a good point. But uh, I mean, that, listen, but he's a good, he's a good needler. He, he knows how to get, right, like, he is. Yeah. He like, is, and, yeah. And, and for years, we didn't get along. And then came COVID. He reached out and said, listen, there's no point. Let's get past this. I actually tried uh, during this series to have a sit down with uh, Amanda, his wife, and give her a formal apology um, because there's no reason to. Did you ever get a chance to do that? Uh, no, she was out of town for most of the series. And after Dan won, uh, Negrano actually came to one of the celebratory dinners. And I asked him if Amanda could come to that dinner as well. And but she was too it was too late in the night. So did you did you snap accept his uh, olive branch when he gave it to you? Yes. 
That's good. That I I have noticed that is something about you too. You will go head to head v v one versus v one. But I, I I have noticed you being reasonable that way. Once someone says, "Hey, like, why don't we figure this out?" Yeah, so I good. mean, I, I'm a I'm a logical, fair person, and if someone's willing to show me the equal respect that I you know I will give them, then we can move past that. Like we plenty of my people people I hang out with my wife all the time, we have massive disagreements, but that doesn't affect our friendship. And that's right. one of the things where when you can differentiate disagreeing with someone or having an opinion they don't like, as opposed to what they are as a, as a person or a value of your life. And I think I've been great. I've done a great job of that. And I've surrounded myself with a bunch of very highly intelligent, you know, people when it comes to the social aspects mm-hmm. of this industry. Yeah. Do you think it was, do you regret or think it was bad form to say whatever it is you said in a public forum, though, about that particular subject? Um, no, I, I think it is kind of one of those when you're cornered against a wall and someone's insulting you that much um, and insulting your career integrity. Like, you know, there are so many scumbags in poker that he could have named in my generation, other generations. But don't, but don't you think that- but don't you think like I, I don't want to sound cliche, but two wrongs don't make a right. And because it's so personal about somebody like his wife who has like no dog in the fight um well there was some other stuff that was said not publicly that also made me a little upset in regards to her um and there's also stuff that i know that i'd never like i even told daniel some stuff while we were fighting in dms i was like you you know you're saying xyz here's proof that this is not true and why but i'm not going to share this publicly because that is just unfair you know it's bringing up things that aren't necessarily true at this point um, and I think like, listen, I'm a professional gambler. If I can get a profitable bet down, I'm willing to bet on anything. I think the old school gamblers have that mentality. And, you know, the funny thing is there is actually someone in poker. I did do a marriage last longer bet versus, um, you know, I, I, I think that I'm not undermining or trying to ruin their marriage, but I'm also have confidence in my marriage. So it's more betting on my free roll. It's a yeah. free roll. Because you're pretty confident that you'll be, you'll make it to the finish line with your wife. Yeah, I'm gonna be with my wife until I die. That's for sure. Good for you. That's good to hear. Um, You also had some beefs. Tell me if I'm right or wrong. Uh, I think they're like markup beliefs. Maybe Johnny Vibes, Kessler, and uh, uh, Brian Lapant. Uh, Yeah. So um, you know, a couple years ago, game a series. Someone sent me um, Johnny Vibes markup for his tournaments, and I was just like these are absurdly high markups for a good player, let alone someone with no tournament results who calls himself a cash game player who at the time I was familiar with, isn't that good of a cash game player. So I'm like, if you're just a straightforward knit, like tournaments are not going to be good for you. Knit Tucci would not do well in tournaments. Like you're smart uh, to I, stay in your cash games. I'm, I'm drawn dead, bro. Maybe someday we could have 10 minutes and you can tell me how to play a tournament. Just like 10 minutes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I am very good at giving a good uh, basic strategy of tournament strategy to get you where you need to be, where you'll be close I'm the worst. to breaking. I'm, yeah. I'm the worst. So you're, you're right. Your read is perfect. Um, and I don't play them either. So there's that, but even if I did the one or two I played, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <clears throat> now you went as far as calling some of these guys, even Brian LaPant scammers. Yeah. I, I, I think LaPlant, I was more harsh on him than Johnny vibes because LaPlant being a professional tournament player for 10 plus years at the time, should know better that what he was charging is unacceptable. So, you know, and he argued and 
I actually That's came fun. very close to booking a bet to book him in all his tournaments at the markup he was charging because I know that my side was profitable and I had a lot of people interested in taking a piece of my action. But I also knew that LaPlante was trying to finagle the bet to, um, well, which is fair. You know, this is not a shady thing he was going to do. But if we booked the bet, he was going to play only the smallest and the softest stuff. But, you know, the package he was trying to sell included a couple 10Ks and some other events where he's not a winning player or winning very small if he is. And he just acted like he was this GTO specialist. And I just laughed because I think at the World Series and a lot of live poker, the GTO guys don't do well. Like you look at this World Series, the results of who won bracelets besides Brewer, there was very few like GTO studied robotic guys that had a great summer. Um, I guess Ike won a high roller. Like they do well in the high rollers, but when you talk about the big field tournaments, I'm going to take a field player, you know, over a GTO guy every single day because they're just going to get so much more edge, so much more profitability in spots where the guy's like, Salvador doesn't play his hand, I don't play it. There's a thousand other reasons that a hand is profitable in poker. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, I think where some of those guys and gals get misguided, and again, I'm not the poker aficionado. I know what you think of my poker game, but with that said, I know enough to know that um, you have to know the charts, you have to know the math, you have to have that stuff, but but if you're just going to lean on that and not play with any instincts or meta or situational stuff or player dependent, <clears throat> you're not going to be, you're not going to do well. You have well, to have I mean, it all. You're going to make money, but you're going to make yeah. a small amount of money. Yeah. You're like, going to, you're going to, you're going to beat out the edge, just the edge that you have because of it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Um, but here's the one thing that stands out to me on this. And this is true. I'm not just trying to be controversial or say something back to you. I really believe what I'm going to say here. If the person that is going to buy that action is okay with it, what the fuck do you care? Like, what makes you the the like markup police vigilante? So this is this is a common theme. Is a lot of the people buying action are trusting the judgment of the player that it's a pro- profitable buy. So you know, I and we're going to go here just briefly. Like you for your real estate thing, you yeah. know, you you could charge more than what you were charging, and people would still sign up. And, and it, I think it's a little bit different as a business in poker where the edges are less known and the, and the upside is a lot less. So when you have professionals selling at markups that are unbeatable for the buyers, they end up free rolling the buyers. And so as a top tournament guy who knows edges really well and is very in tune with what ROI should be with the t- volume I've played for 20 years, that I, I want to speak upon that as an expert against it. If you just allow people to sell whatever they want at whatever markups and no one ever corrects them and there is not a two-way market, then unfortunately the community gets fleeced and I care about the poker community for long-term growth. So I'm trying to protect those investors from making bad buys. And that's do you why- think, <clears throat> But do you think that markup constitute the word scammer? I'll give you an example. Uh, Matt Berkey, who you know I don't like, he can't stand me. We are not friends. But Nick Airball in this, you know, nonsense back and forth stuff called him a scammer because of his uh, uh, his training, because he thought that this was not an appropriate amount to charge for what they're going to get, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if you see this as the same. And I came out and said, like, that doesn't make him a scammer, but that he's doing a business. He's given a service. And somebody's paying it. It's none of your fucking business. That doesn't make you a scammer. Scammer is they pay you. You don't give them the service and you disappear or, you know, or a version of that. And it's like the same thing with this. Like maybe like how about, you know, hey, guys, 
it just so you know, his markup is not what the industry is, and you can get a lot better rate. And I think he's taking advantage of you, but scammer. So if you knowingly sell something for a higher value than what it is, that I think is scamming in a tournament markup thing. So, so are I you just believe- talking in the poker world? Because you know it's very it's very common to have buy low, sell high when you're in business, if you're in sales, if the market will dictate a sale or a price and there is a consumer, two people are making an agreement. There's nobody. But, but the whole point is it's it's not a two-way market. So your your analogy of a market where you can buy and sell, buy high. You're buy saying low, this sell. is different. Yes, that's what I'm saying. There's differences okay. in that. So okay. like there because it like when when Timex started his bank of Timex and started poker shares, it gave a two-way market and it was great for the community because it made it fair and attainable. I think JMO did a great thing this year where he said, Hey, you send me a DM if you want sell action in the main event. You sell at whatever markup, but you also have to be willing to buy more at markup like 10% lower than that. And so that's a great way to get people to give fair amounts. Because of the fact that you know that you can't just free roll them and say, I'm going to sell a 2 markup. No, I would have to buy myself at 1.9. So I think that is a great trick he came up with and a great way to demonstrate to people that if you're not willing to buy yourself at a little bit lower than that, you are scamming by selling for that much. Okay. Uh, again, <clears throat> I get it. I swear I get it. And what do you, and for me, I think it's bullish to say scammer, but I do understand your premise. I'm not here to go back and forth with you. You have your opinion. But my question is, and I don't know the answer, if most people in the poker community, the vast majority of them, do you think they, and I don't know, so it's not a setup, do you think they side on your way of thinking or that that's a little too harsh? Uh, I, I definitely know I'm in the minority, which is fine because I think a lot of people are afraid to take that stance because they've had to do that possibly at some point in their career. But do you think you're the minority because they're they're afraid to say what they think or because you're just in the minority because people don't see that as a scammer? I think I'm in the minority because people don't want to be controversial. I think a lot of people agree that most people are selling at too high a markup, mm-hmm. but it's just, they're so, there's, there's no financial benefit for me to remove those people. If anything, it actually hurts me. Like the Alan Kessler's of the world, when he sells to these mixed events at markup or at face when he's a losing player, that's better for me for him to play those events that he wouldn't normally play because some of that EV he loses goes to me. So if anything, me being markup police has hurt my bottom line by getting some of those slightly losing break even old school players like, you know, who aren't as good as they used to be, or the game has passed them by, who need to sell action to get in. Would that, be, would that be Alan Kessler where the game has passed him by, in your opinion? Alan Kessler is not a winning mm-hmm. poker player. I, I don't know. Is he not? I don't follow. No. I don't pay attention. He He's not. He's just not good. We talk about bad nits in poker. I mean, that guy's played the World Series for 20-some on years and never won a bracelet. There are so many bad players who have won multiple bracelets, but they're slightly aggressive. When Alan Kessler enters a pot, everyone knows he's a giant fucking nit, and no one gives him action. He Got always it. gets blinded off. He min cashes any fucking term he plays, and he brags about his cash rate. When I don't, I, I'll cash five percent and win two percent of tournaments, then cash twenty five percent and win zero. I make yeah. so much more money winning. Like it is it. so ridiculous the way the tournament payouts are, and that he. Being as smart as an understanding EV of slots and other things, he still has not figured out tournament poker. It is, you have to be able to win the fucking tournament, and he never gives himself. You have to play game. like you, you're trying to win the tournament, is what you're saying, yeah. you're not trying to survive. Correct. Yeah. Well, he does tout. I do know this because I hear him on Spaces. He does tout 
uh, his winning percentage. And but I don't but I don't pay attention to his stats. And to be honest with you, I don't pay quite a ton of attention to what he says. So it's an interesting concept and news to me. So, yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing is like Alan talks like he knows what term structure should be. And he's trying to actually increase or decrease his loss rate in his eyes. He's trying to increase his win rate by making the structures better. But the funny thing is like being as nitty as he is, like the deeper structure tournaments, like say the 50 K players championship, it's like a five day tournament. Alan Kessler can never fucking win that tournament can probably never cash that tournament because he's so tight and it's so slow. He has to win so many hands to maintain his chip stack and pay so many annies and blinds that yeah. he is just going to lose over oh, right. every single orbit, some percentage of chips every single time. And he's just never going to win. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I, that's just interesting to listen to because I don't, uh, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a tournament player. Um, my style wouldn't be if I, if I was, um, I don't enjoy them, uh, but it doesn't matter because that's not the point. So I guess what I'm saying is it's interesting to hear all that because I'm not deep in the fold of it. So it's uh, I was actually a uh, a viewer right there, if you will. I was I was listening to your podcast right there. Um, uh, uh, poker, uh, I think Poker News says basically like uh, you think you're the vigilant. This was an article vigilante of like what's right and wrong or poker ethics. And you made this statement, which is, <clears throat> tell me if this statement was tongue in cheek. Do you know which one I'm going to say? Uh, I have a feeling which one. I, okay. I had a is few it, good quotable moments in that. Was article. it the one because of my history and my ex, uh, expertise, people should blindly listen to me most always, Sean Deep? I, I, I think that is true. <laughs> I fucking love that. I don't know why. So you're telling me because of whatever you're 20 years in this business and your high high thought of yourself that if there's a controversy if there's something like this with uh this individual with the markup if it's jack four if it's this if it's that you should just be listened to and be the standard so here's the thing you said you don't know anything about tournament evs and i just explained that about kessler and yes. you said yeah that makes sense when i can explain my full thoughts and logic and reasoning like i don't just make statements without backup i have a train of thought and i try to explain that as well as i can to the community or the listener so they can get on board with why i think the way i do and so oh. i can say kessler's a fish and like you can why would you take that for seriously but then when you give 10 points in a row that sure. are very clear and concise and they make a lot of sense because they're based in fact and logic that you can then trust some of my judgments that you hear a clip here or there of a statement I make and then know that there, if you ask me to go further into it, I'm going to have a bunch of bullet points to explain why I have that theory. Well, I do. That's, that's different than what I said to you or asked you in my opinion. So let me break it down for you. Let me preface it all. Like Valerie would say, if you're making a statement about the Kessler thing and tournaments, and like you said, you have 10 bullet points to back it up, facts, receipts, everything. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Like you're not going to be budged, but there are some things that are not as um, the facts aren't as glaring. As a matter of fact, there aren't any facts. And well, well, let's, so let's, you're obviously alluding to Jack four. So uh, that's one of them. Well, so let me go into that one. Okay. So All right, fine. Si since that time has happened, how much high stakes has she played? How has she played on those games? She has played like a weak, bad knit. 
and nothing even close to the high-level play to possibly justify playing that hand, even if she misread her hand and had jack three. If you're that type of hero caller, like it's like a Mike Possel thing. You would have played some hands and been wrong. You watch me on Poker in America, I hero called Helmuth with ace high, and he showed me quads. Like you're gonna have incorrect hero calls. Yeah, but there wasn't enough. But listen, but listen, I'm not trying to defend Robbie Lou. I don't know what happened. I'm not saying she's guilty or innocent. So, so let's be clear on that. And I am definitely not trying to defend my show. I, I, I don't know if you know anything about me, Sean, but that's just the truth. I am literally debating just the the statement you made, and that is like, you if you don't, there wasn't enough sample size. In, in the two games she played there and the hands she played, there just wasn't. Like, I don't know anything about the Mike Possel thing. I never studied it. I, I, I never looked at the hands. I wasn't even really into poker other than just a guy playing at the bike at the time. So I am drawing dead. I'm not discussing that with you either. But from what I understand is there's, hun there's hundreds of hands. But when you – if you're going to analyze something and there's not any sample size, she didn't do anything great prior to that or make any amazing anythings it wasn't like she played amazing on my show i would agree with her showings and her ability after i don't think you're wrong you're absolutely right but how can you dogmatically say because i saw that one hand without any sample size or background or facts that you just can say yeah that happened so my initial thing when that came out when when that aired and i was on joe ingram i said Every spider you sense in my body says something malicious happened this hand. Sure, and I that's fair. Same, yeah, right. I had the same feeling as Garrett. And as time went on, with more research done on her background, who would play with her previously, how she got on the show, there were so many goofy things that made no sense, like playing that big of a game, claiming to have all this money, but having a backer. Like There were so many parts of the story that didn't fit the narrative that she was trying to have. And so once once you just someone has consistently lied or tried to change the narrative as often as she did and care so much about PR because she knew it was a PR game, I just felt even more confident that, you know, something malicious happened. Okay. And it's okay for you to feel confident about it, but you can't say you know for sure, right? I, I don't know. That's one of the things where I, I don't say I know for sure. But yeah. I, if, if even I, today, though, you still think the nefarious dealings happened. Yes. Okay, that's fair. I mean, you're entitled to that. Now, you did make a comment here, uh, and you were, I think you were talking about her. If you know anything about, this was Twitter, if you know anything about poker <clears throat> after the hand like that, it's guilty until proven innocent. Her changing her logic 15 times to explain it screams cover-up. Now, I will say this. Changing her logic and story 15 times was a real issue for me, too. It hurt us. It hurt the show. It hurt. Uh, uh, it hurt her. It made her look extremely guilty. I seen her go on and off shows, changing stories, changing narratives. I'm not disagreeing with you. But the statement that says she is guilty until proven innocent, how is that How is that even possible to get behind? Because of being in this industry for so long and watching, like, there's so, like, her body language after the hand happened like all the things her giving the money back there's so many data points that show nefarious activity like that is not a normal thing to do to give the money back unless you're guilty and there's just like there's so much evidence and it's all circumstantial but what what's what's the, what's the circumstantial evidence besides 
it's the most insane, stupid hand I've ever seen. The call makes no sense. She gave the money back. Uh, and, and, and you changed your story a bunch of times. What what else is like concrete as far as substantial evidence? Uh, the the play style post uh, Jack Four, the play style pre Jack Four. People would play with her before. She was like a weak tight knit. Uh, you know, I talked to her coach Fraz Jaka for hours that first week about his opinion of her and him his dealings with her and all the things. Like I I did a lot of research behind. And what this. was the outcome of that conversation? Um, that she, I I don't know if I should say what Jaka said. Because I, without his permission, um, you know, I, but okay. I, I think that, you know, he thought it was a very weird hand for a player like her to play. Okay. Okay. We'll read between the lines on that and we'll leave yeah. it at that. Yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> I'll tell you this. I agree with everything you said, but and I will, I'll never agree with this, but it doesn't matter because we're not here to agree or, to, or, or get each other to, to move. I just don't agree with someone is guilty until proven innocent when there isn't hard facts. And, and you know, I know your buddy, like, and not that it matters, but like Daniel Negrano is very, he leans real heavily into you don't fuck with anyone's uh, reputation, who they are, their integrity, unless you literally have the receipts. Because I'll give you an example, okay? And you know this. We, you guys went on um, for these marathon, we'll talk about it too. You went on these marathon investigation uh, uh, shows. And you do know that once this happened, everything started getting scrutinized, right? Yes, uh, as it D- should. But, but hold on, hold on. Yes, I'm cool with that. Because if there's nefarious here and it has to do with production or has to do with something, it has to be. I get that. But would you agree, though, you probably won't, but would you agree, though, that someone like myself or Billy DeGaff and these guys that were winning on the show for uh, there's reasons why, like it's fair that a ton of people come in and accuse other people. My, my dealer, Lauren, because of that investigation, was was accused of something with her hand and some stupid shit. She was a wreck for weeks. She almost quit. She's never done nothing like that. She didn't. Um, I was accused vigorously. There's, there's Twitter sites up all about it, about me and all the stuff I did. And when I'm playing a hand, if I do this or I do that or whatever, there's all these signals. How is that okay? Like if I'm sitting here and I know you don't, but you've, you did tell me at one point during this, you, you don't think I was involved in anything. You said that if you've changed your mind and you do, that's okay. You could even say it here. I don't care. But how is something like that? Okay. It's maybe you can say, okay, it's not the same thing, but it's close to the same thing. And I can tell you myself firsthand, I don't think that would affect me as much this time around because now I have like um, I have some tread on my tires on how to handle it. But at the time I I was it put me into a depression, like it literally affected me emotionally. Uh, It affected me physically. I couldn't play everything I was doing. I was thinking, well, if I'm right, I'm cheating. If I'm wrong, then now I'm not cheating, so I can't make a good decision. It fucked with my head. It's taken me months to like get past that. It hurt so many people on our staff. So when you make a statement like that, although everything you said around it makes sense, it 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 it, it doesn't it doesn't pass the sniff test and some things. But I take it personally because like when you say even in our justice system, there has been many people that have been put in jail and executed that later they have found out that they were innocent legitimately like with facts and DNA and different things. And these people spent their lives have been ruined or they lost their life. And I'm, 
I'm not trying to be exaggerative to to parallel something that horrible to this, but it has the same breath in it of you can root that like as Daniel said and I've said and other people like that little stain still stains with that person like I'm past it. And if I didn't bring this up today, it's so far in the rear view, but I still get trolled about it. I still get hit with something on a comment on Twitter or whatever. And it's it's fucking hurtful. So like how don't you think it's a little reckless, maybe just a smidge? So, you know, I go from my personal experiences. I've been accused of cheating twice in my career. And, you know, did you cheat? No. Okay, but I was asking. No, I know. It's fine. Like, and, you know, and one of them was from Barry Greenside, which was very brutal because he was a bigger name than me at the time in the industry. And he was just confident in open face Chinese poker because I was the biggest winner and there was cheating available that I must be cheating. Right. You know? and, and that was his logic. And and I think that like when I played on poker in America, I won so much money in these games compared to the blinds. I was very confident that at some point in my career, I'd be accused of cheating there because it's like, how can you do this stuff? It's like, so I'm perfectly okay with people going through my hands and questioning it and me explaining logic or to explain it. And, you know, when it came to DGAF in particular, you know, I said, like, I play in similar buying game. I have a similar win rate and I see how soft the game is. So, like, I don't think it's unreasonable. um, But, you know, there were some weird things that I said. Let's just investigate. You know, I was part of one of the Discord communities, the one that exposed the tapping and all that stuff. And they went too far down the rabbit hole. And I said, like, exposed what? Like the ones who like made the claims of like the arm tap and the signaling, you know, with, with me. Yeah, with you and everyone else. Uh-huh. Like, and, and they were spending hours and hours. And I was in there reading some of the stuff. And I was like, I think you guys have gone too far. I yeah. think you guys are looking for every bit of smoke, whatever, and then filling in the gaps after the fact. It was right. clear there was some logic that was done after the fact. And they're just like, well, look at these results. It's like the same thing. If you watch, say, Dan Wyman, who won the main event, if you saw all his whole cards, you'd be like, he made every correct decision. He did this, he did that. Well, obviously, when they have the end result of winning a lot of money, you're going to go look back on that. And their frequency of being correct is going to be higher than normal because you're looking at winners first. And so, like, if you have 100 players – and there's the two outliers who won the most. If if you're running a simulation, everyone's equal. You're like, what are they doing differently? Oh, well, they make this decision. They make that decision. Well, they just happen that things matched up in the timeline it did. So I do think there is some, you know, normal distribution of win rates and winning that is applicable in some of these spots. And these guys were completely ignoring all of that. And okay, yeah, no, and that's fair. And I. Honestly, that's 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 a very fair thing that you said that you went in there and just said, look, they're they're just coming up with shit and then blowing the smoke inside the gaps just to make it stick. I get it. Um, you could understand why I won in that game and win in that game. You can probably understand that, right? As soft as uh, you're one of the people, I, I wonder how you win. Okay, all right, that's fair. Bang bang. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, right? No, no. I like listen when you get to cherry pick your lineup. Of your, if you're smart enough and you know who's losing X, Y, Z, someone's going to win that money. You know, I talked with Ryan and, and you in different spaces and different people. It's like if I got to cherry pick my lineups for my whole career, yes, I would win way more money than anything else. And that's the, the advantage that ACL is with your leverage and the player base you have. You have so many amateurish rec players or weaker players or more aggro players. And you know when you sign up for that game to expect X, Y, Z. And you've also built up history with these players. Like, you know, 
Poker is all about your opponent's tendencies. Yeah, and tendencies. if you're able to play a thousand blinds deep with people who are going to stack off with queen 10 off in every four bet pot on a queen high board, you're just going to make a fuck ton of money. And right. the win rates that they were talking about on Hustler, one of the things I disagreed with is they were comparing it to online win rates, which right. you cannot compare live deep stack cash with online win rates. There's yeah. there that, that was one of the few things I made a point against them than that group is – you guys like he's winning 30 or 120 big blinds per hundred. Like, yeah, but the blinds are 510 and some of the hands are straddled up to 160. Like you have to average out for A, what the straddles are and B, how deep they are because these guys are going seven ways for $100 each time. No online game gets that type of action, multi-way and pre-flop. So like it's just a much bigger game. So the big blind per hundred doesn't qualify as a good metric because there's too many other dynamics in play. Yeah, I, I will tell you this, Sean. All bullshit aside, uh, I'm a, I, a, almost everything you're saying as far as in defense, like I don't, I don't completely have my arms around your thought process about markups. But believe it or not, the way you explained it actually does make a case for what you're saying. Although I'm still not sold out, the word scammer applies. But with that said, impressed with the fact that there's a lot of thought behind it. Now, everything you just said here too. Um, is all very well thought out. And, and, and so the, the only thing I would say here on Jack four, cause everything else you said is fair. Everything else that you're now, you know, that you analyzed or how you looked at it is fair. I think the two things that I don't think are completely fair and we're not going to agree on it. And that is totally cool is you can't, in just my opinion on circumstantial evidence, you can't just say someone's guilty until they're proven innocent. Now you can, because it's a free country, but I'm just not a proponent of that, but we can just like, but, but my whole point to say all that is to say, I'm actually very impressed by your thought process. I didn't think there'd be that much behind it. No offense. I appreciate that. No, yeah, it's, it's so, like, I, I speak a lot of words very frequently and you know, I have my brain works at obscenely fast rate. So I processed a lot of these thoughts very early on in Jack four. And yes, there could have been some, you know, um, cognitive bias type thing, but I, I trust my instincts in poker have got me in 20 years and I will continue to trust my instincts. And when my instincts say something's going wrong, I'm going to look at every little thing and, and dictate and try to find facts that disprove prove it as well as prove it. And there was very few facts I was able to find to disprove something going on. I mean, the fact that Brian, you know, never got arrested, you know, is still missing. Like there's so many weird things. Like I, I, I want uh, the whole he, community. He never got arrested because he's on the lamb. Listen, they can, people get, people get found when people are looking for them. How's this guy who was dead broke able to hide out for so no, long? No. Okay. Well, Sean, uh, Okay, so let me let me just say this uh, about what you just said. So look, if having a little bit of a battle, is that thunder? Yeah, that's thunder. Holy shit! <laughs> For those of you, by the way, our this is going to be edited, but our podcast dropped because he is in thunderstorms and the power's going out over there. So uh, we'll be done soon. Anyways, to, to what you said about the Brian thing, it's this. I have a little background in this, and I, I, I'm just going to tell you how it really honestly works, and we don't have to agree, but whatever. Look, if this was a federal charge or a federal pinch or the FBI was looking for somebody, these cases get worked. They get worked relentlessly. They don't close the file, especially if it's big enough of something that they're going to investigate. When it's a local city PD, the Gardena, in this case, the Gardena Police Department, they come out 
they take a, a report of whatever crime it is. In this case, it's theft. Um, they do their interviewing. They find out if there wants to be prosecution. We know at first Robbie said no, and then she said yes. So there was a delay in this. Um, but I'm just going to let you know right now, a police department, being part of a police department like the one I was at, there's only so many resources. And this is so far on the bottom of the totem pole of what they're going to be looking into that they're going to you know, they're going to write it up. They're going to send it to the DA. The DA is going to accept it or deny it. They're going to go look at his house. They're going to go look at his girlfriend's house. They're going to do some investigation. They have to. Their detectives are going to work the case. Could it go 30 days? Maybe more, maybe less. I'm not going to be dogmatic on that. But at some point, the file goes in the file, and they're not going to be looking for the guy anymore because it, it just is what it is. Now, it doesn't mean that the charge isn't still there. It doesn't mean that if that if uh, a copper is out there and they were to pull Brian over and they see his ID and they run it and they say, oh, shit, he has a warrant for this. You know, of course, they'll arrest him. But they are not going to ongoing do that. So, again, respectfully, just to say that like, like oh, well, he never was arrested, listen. This is not uncommon for somebody that just takes off and goes on the lam. We've heard he was in Hawaii, other places. There is not going to be like if he gets pulled over in another state and they run him and it shows that they have this, it might be a big enough charge where they would extradite. And that that what could happen. But he would have to fall in the hands of a stop. They will not be in any other state, city or wherever looking for Brian. So I'm just telling you that in case yeah, that helps I mean with. No, oh, I, I believe that to be that's definitely very logical and reasonable. It's just, you know, for those who want answers, I think Brian is a linchpin of whatever was going on. And the amount he took was very convenient. You know, 10 percent of, you know, it's just a lot of things from an outsider standpoint. You're like, that makes so much sense. And like I was very confident the Brian thing, you know, was what tied it in. And sure. tied in some of the staff and like, you know, knowing the background of Brian losing a bunch of money in the 1020 game. Like, you know, we I did a lot of un you know, quiet research on people. And that's kind of part of the reason I got so confident in the stance I took, because either A, like multiple people are doing so many shady things because it's the LA scene that it all looks like it's a bigger conspiracy than what it is, or the most likely scenario that there was a cheating ring and you know, she was one of the elements of it. Yeah, uh, I would say this. I would say that those things that you put together by researching it and looking into sound extremely valid. I I, I had the same thoughts. They were as, as someone with half a brain. Totally makes sense. I don't I don't. Um, what's the word? I don't fault you for that. I actually agree with you. I really do. And you know me. I'm like I'm like you. I won't agree if I don't agree. I, I'm I'm not like that. Um. With that said. Um, cheating ring. I don't know about that. I, I think that now gets into something that is like, there's just nothing to back that up. But again, whatever. The only other thing that I would say, uh, that we would disagree on, cause we've talked about this. You and people may not know is you and I communicated a lot during that. We, like, we text or DM or whatever yeah, it was. I, yeah. I, I didn't know you at all besides yes. seeing you at live of the bike once or twice. Yeah. You know, me and Ryan had talked before about doing a Sean deep week and, you know, and, and I like to go to sources. So I, you know, me and you communicated. I talked to other people. Like, sure. I try to do some due diligence behind the scenes before just making my public stance. And that's why, you sure. know, 
I, I try to be more informed than most and get background of people from 5, 10, 20 years ago because you know as well as anyone that people's prior history is a good judgment of what they're going to do in the, in the future. It's definitely it definitely is 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 a barometer uh, of it's like anything, any investigation you do. You have to look. People think, oh, you know, people, they change or this. And that's true and whatever. But there are M.O.s. That's why it's called an M.O. You have an M.O. It's either how you do the crime or if you continue to do crimes and you have a pattern or a rap sheet. Totally agree with you. Look, man, I, I, I swear. No, people probably don't believe this. I do not defend this because it's my show. I swear to you. I don't know if you believe this, Sean, but, you know, a day later after I found out that I put it out publicly and I knew what that was going to do to us. I literally I didn't have to. The police department wouldn't have done it. The casino didn't want to do it or said, I don't care if you do it. I put it out the next day. Matter of fact, the same day Doug Polk was there, we were in a meeting is when the GM called me out of the meeting to tell me and I went back in and told him. So there was never a, a, even a possibility I wasn't going to do that. A lot of the stuff you're saying actually does. Um, uh, and the same for me, I thought all of it. Um, do you so think the casino wanted a cover-up to happen? Nope, I didn't say that. I'm saying the casino does not have an obligation to put that out publicly. They they have an obligation to prosecute. That's it. And then once they realized well, I the casino that, can't prosecute, it's the victim that's to prosecute. And then and then once they came to the realization that it was the victim was Robbie Lou, they could no longer prosecute it, and it wasn't on them to put it out because she was the victim. Right? Okay. Just like you said. So no, don't don't start that cover up shit. They did not want to cover up. I'm just saying they don't. I, have I, to I listen. We, I have no casino industries long enough, and I know that casinos, their license is at risk if something went on there. You know, yeah. and and if the, a lot of casinos cover up a lot of shit, like talk about the suicides out in Vegas, all the different things. Like they yeah. casinos do plenty of cover ups to protect their their image and their license and their yeah. publicity. Well, their image, their image would be the only thing that that they would have to worry about. But like knowing the GM and talking to them, like they've had many cheating things. They've had things go on all the time, which they catch people on camera. They don't have to report it to the public. Um, if the if the victim is another person in the casino, that's the victim. If the casino is the victim, um, they have no obligation to report it. So there is no there's no cover up. The GM came to me and said, look, we found this. We want to let you know about it. I said, oh, fuck. OK. And. I went, okay, so what now? And he said, well, you know, initially this is what, but, you know, Robbie's the victim, okay? And I'm like, yeah, she's the victim. At first, I even thought the casino had the obligation to whatever until I thought it out and I should have realized it, but it didn't take long for me to figure it out. And I said, well, he said, well, do it what, what you want with it. Like, we have no obligation to this. And it isn't a cover-up. It's just they just don't. The, she's the victim. They did what they were supposed to do. They called the police. They did the interview, all that. They signed off on all the shit. They gave the tapes. I'm the one. Where did those chips go, by the way? What's that? Did, where did those chips go? Were they in play in a poker game? Like, did where, did just, the, the, where did the 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 chocolate go? go? Yeah. After he took them. Yeah. That is a good question. And the reason I'm balking, Sean, is because it's been a while. So I'm trying to think because I remember. Oh no, he he paid, and I don't remember if it's the whole fifteen or it was ten. He owed Billy like eight or 12, I can't remember. So listen, this isn't, I'm just telling you, I owed him money because he was loan money because he was losing in the casino. And he gave him either one or two of the chocolates or maybe three, I don't remember. And Billy took them and put them because we were working behind the scenes, Billy and I and everyone to catch him or if there was a thing was happening. So he put them in a baggie 
and gave them to me just to say, these are the chips that they, they, they were as no use to us because we already knew he had them in his hand. And then, you know, Billy just cashed him because he was owed the money, whatever. So, so other than that, I don't remember, but he had to give him back. I, I don't know. I, I swear. I can't remember. No, it's okay. Like, yeah. you know, there, yeah. there was a lot of stuff and, you know, that was like one of the things that when, when Billy was involved in that. And again, like I said, like, why it so many random things had to happen for it not to be a ring. Oh, wait a minute. He paid Billy back, whether it was eight or 10,000. And we got that back or actually Billy kept it. Cause he was owed the money. And we, he, so Brian kept the money or I don't know what happened or he lost it. My point is, is I, I think he just dusted it off. It's coming to me now. And here's why, because high stakes poker productions wrote um, Robbie a check for 15,000. We paid her debt. Now we didn't have to do that. We did that just as a good faith gesture to say this happened on our watch. So it leads me to believe the money got dusted. Okay. Yeah. That's now it's coming back to my memory. Um, okay. Last thing I'll so say, many 15K checks, you don't even remember them all now. So rich HCL. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's like that. No, I just couldn't, I couldn't remember. I was, you know, I felt an obligation to do it. I felt three things. Number one, it's an obligation for me to do it. It's the right thing. It happened on, you know, our employee. Uh, number two, I knew it was the right thing to do, even like to do just for perception. But the first one was the main factor. And, um, yeah, those were the two. It just was like, it just had to be done and like, fuck it. Okay. We wrote it. Uh, plus we spent over, we spent over a hundred thousand dollars on all the other shit, including that 15 K to hire, you know, all the people to do all that. But that's, that's in the wind right now. Right. So. Yeah, no, I mean, like, listen, I I know very well one of the people you hired for the investigation. He's an old school friend of mine from 2 Plus 2, um, you know, and I what, also... What, you can say his name. Who is it? That, uh, JT is his initials. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. What I know him in, but you know him as JB, I think is his last name. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I know who you mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I've known him for with, almost With Bulletproof? He's he's great. He He's very That's good. You, right? With Bulletproof? Yeah. He's very good. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, he, uh, he, yeah. he was an old school online poker pro and me and him, mm -hmm. one of my closest friends is one of his closest friends. And so we've been to many dinners, not in the last few years. Yeah. But, uh, Talk to him off the record. He could tell you what they found, but no, no. Um, like, and, and, and that's the thing is like, I knew when they were doing the investigation, I didn't want to approach him at all during Cause I didn't want to taint it at all. Like I know, you know, as an outsider, there's just things you don't do, but what I knew he was involved, I knew if there was something on the software side, he find would find, they would find oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there wasn't, but so, so here's the last thing I'll say to this and we'll move on to a couple more fun things here. Um, the last thing I'll say, and we won't agree with this at all. And this was my biggest besides innocent until proven guilty, even though it's painful because I'm just, I got a law enforcement background. I've been a victim of, of being uh, accused of something. Uh, I'm a victim of being accused of other things in my other businesses. You and I have talked about that. That was something you wanted to talk about back in the day, because like you said, people's past, dictate some things. So we spent like an hour probably discussing yeah. that. I think you were satisfied, whatever. Um, but the one thing besides innocent until proven guilty, and in your case, guilty until proven innocent, we'll never agree upon, but that's cool. But I do respect, I do respect the things you said and they're extremely valid and they, and they are very telling. And I was thinking the same things with that said, the other thing and, and, and the other party knows this but I'm good with Joey. You've seen he was on, he, he did the million dollar game. He commentated PLO, no beef. Him and I are cool. But he knows as well as I'm going to tell you that a true investigation. Now, listen, I don't blame you guys. I don't blame Joey for doing it because it was 
tantalizing. It was clicks. It was amazing. It, the poker community was buzzing. It's all they could talk about. And we can bullshit each other all day, but people love that shit. You guys, whoever, are going to lean into that. I understand that you have a purity to you of just wanting the truth and you feel like because you care so much about the poker community. And I believe your intention. So when I say this, all that I believe. And if I didn't, I would tell you I don't believe you. What I don't agree with is that when you do an investigation, even when we were doing ours, people were on our ass that knew nothing about an investigation. How come it's been two weeks? How come it's been four weeks? How come there's no, you know, the only thing besides outing Brian, which was just something that just had to go, had to come out then, was like, you don't do that. You investigate, you do, you do interviews, you check the software, you do this, you, you so many other, you know, things going on. And sometimes it took me two weeks to hire these people to figure out who I wanted to hire. So people don't understand how this works, right? It just doesn't happen overnight. But to my point, cause that I'm a little, I was, I was regressing a little bit to my point, what you guys did. So when you guys used the verbiage and again, we'll disagree was not, was not an investigation. What you guys did was talk about a situation at, at major lengths and that's okay. And not wrong to do it. Um, the only thing that may be negative in to, to me to do it would be just to let on some nitwit to come on and say, well, I think this. Well, I think Vertucci's putting his fingers here. Well, I think Lauren putting her hand like that, showing the card to the camera because we have to have graphics. Now she's so what I think is, is that it wasn't an investigation. And when people call it that, it offends me because an investigations happen behind the scenes. You don't let the information out until you run the investigation because you queer the investigation. If you let things out and you know that a guy knows you're now thinking about him, you're thinking about this guy, you're thinking about that guy, then they start to make moves. If you let them relax and think you're safe, that's how you catch them. So I guess that was the only thing that was like, I wish it was just presented different. Like, look, we're in the poker community. We're going to lean into this. It's interesting to talk about. We do have a hand, couple people that really care, i.e. you, and, and want to get to the truth. But to just put a bunch of people on there to come on and say, I think this. Uh, guess what? I think that. And how about this? It's reckless. And it's not an investigation. But people have heard me bloviate about this for months when this was happening. We don't need to go into it other than those are just the only two things I have a problem with. Innocent and proven the guilty in my book. And if we want to do this, then let's call it what it is, which isn't an investigation. Now, I'm not saying you didn't want to investigate, but you did say something. I did a lot of things behind the scenes. I asked a lot of people. I did a lot. I think that's great. That's what you should do. If you're really concerned about finding the truth and that's just something that was important to you, you should be able to do that all day long. And a matter of fact, you should be able to do what you did too, which is go talk about it. There's, it's your right. But that's just where you and I, you know, maybe have a little bit of a difference, unless unless you agree with any of that, which maybe no, you I, I think you make very valid points on that stuff, and I don't think you ever would hear me call it an investigation. Okay. I knew it was an opinion piece, and people were throwing out theories, which may or may not be true. But yeah. sometimes when with we basically crowdsource some parts of the discussions, and some things were proven to be false that were statements made because other people came forward with info. So sure. I think it expedited some people's opinions and it expedited some of the bad information out there, like the vibrating chair, this and that, like right. the ring, all these stupid things, like the crazy super conspiracy theories that were out there. I think when someone mentions one of those and they get shut down, that was, there were, there were some benefits to those discussions. I agree that they weren't ideal, but that was the best. You. 
I agree. There are nuggets that come out of it that could be beneficial to trying to get to the truth. I, I swear I do. We're, we actually agree on that. Um, I got a question for you, though, Nick. Yeah. Um, how come you scrubbed your uh, data from the HCL results? What data? Like, uh, didn't you scrub all your like your results from the show? You mean on the tracker? Yeah. No, they're there. Okay. I, I was told they were scrubbed, so sorry if that was bad. Somebody else said something like that to me, too, and I checked, and it's up. Okay. I don't know if it's a glitch. I don't know. So, no, there's no scrubbing. Now, I'll tell you this. I wish it was gone, but no, I I, I don't I don't control you that. You don't pay your fair taxes? No, 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 no. Not because of taxes, you dickhead. <laughs> no, no I, I know that. No, not because of ta- Okay, let's talk about it, all right, you fucker. No, I'm, I'm just giving you shit. Like, I, I know, I know but, but that let's, people but, losing. But let's talk about that. It's a yeah. great subject. So, so please... Go to it right now when I'm done and look, I'm, I'm almost 100% it's there because someone said that to me once, it's there. All right, whatever. I wish that site wasn't there, not because of the IRS and not because like, oh, I don't want people to know when I'm winning or losing because for me running a show, if you go look at the bottom 20 players that they're losing, they're embarrassed. Like some of them don't care. But like Reza, I don't think he plays because of it. He was great for our show. He's great for poker for our stream. So there's some other people in there that like, like we're legitimately embarrassed of this thing and they don't want to play on stream anymore. That hurts poker. It hurts us. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It, it is yeah. what it is. So it's just not optimal for me as, as running a show. And, and for me personally, why it's not good is because I'm the host of the show and when at one point, it, you know, I was winning over 700,000, I took a lot of heat because some people will just say, oh, he shouldn't play in his own show. Well, you being a poker pro, you know that like if you're in a casino or you're at a home game, the host plays in their own show. It's the whole purpose of having the my purpose was running a business and doing the show. But there's no doubt that like when these people are running a game at the casino, they, they control the board. And the host plays. And sometimes they'll get up to give their seat up. You know how it goes. We don't need to go into all this shit. So for me, it was more just like a, a, a an, an annoyance of like, if I'm winning, then he's this, he's a bum hunter. If I'm losing, it's because now I don't have, my earpiece is no longer available. You know, whatever it is. So for me, it was an annoyance. And for right now, though, I don't care. If what I cared was about a year ago, when or more when I didn't know how to handle the internet, I didn't know how to handle pressure or trolls. Dude, I used to take offense to the knit thing. Like fierce, like it used to bug the fucking shit out of me. It tilted me. Now I don't care. Like you did it. People do it. I have like, I put my name up as that. I don't care anymore. I've grown to understand how to handle this, but that tracker thing just isn't good for our players. That's the truth. So that's why I don't you like ever it. try to do a cease and desist worse than no, it's free speech. It's public. If it's look, I've talked. I've look. I've had meetings with the kid that runs it. I tried to reason with him. I tried to get him to take it down. Uh, all that stuff. We were at. We were at odds for a while. Now he's my friend. It, my friend in the sense that we're good. Like, it is just what it is, man. And he knows I don't want that up there for the purposes I'm telling you. But I don't think about it anymore. I really don't. So that's the reason why. Um, with that. Uh, you have anything more to ask me? Um, well, I was going to say, did you ever suggest to him to only put the winners up and not the losers? That might be a good solution and a fair compromise. No, I never thought of that. I wonder if he would. I don't think he will. 
who's very <clears throat> he's very based in his position on uh, what <laughs> what he wants to do with that. Um, but like I said, I did meet with him at one point. I was really pissed at him. You know, one point I'm like, you fucker, you know, this is horrible for poker, blah, blah, blah. And I took that approach. Kind of was like a bad look. I shouldn't have done that. Nothing came out of it. I'm just telling you that just to tell you. No, no. I, I, I Listen, like this is we're we're having a podcast where we're talking like we did, you know, a year ago. It's like yeah, exactly. We're, we're exactly. Both really honest. We both said we trust each other from the start. Like yes. and we would say things to each other that we were not willing to share publicly. And That's right. I you told me a lot of things that I would never say. Yeah. Yeah, and vice versa, probably. Yeah. Um, question for you. Now we're going to interview you for a minute. I love it. Uh, Let's go. What's the current status of you in poker, Karen? Uh, you are fucking awesome. I love you. Um, happy to answer. Glad you brought it up and not me because I'm not going to bring that up. But since you asked, I, I have to answer. It's like you're answering everything. My current status is this. When he started doing all that, um, like I mentioned, I was on monkey tilt because it's hard for me at first, was hard for me to, at first to be trolled. I, I'm not used to not being liked. My, my, my personality is polarizing, so I could see why I'm not at times. Um, but in my real life, in business, friends, family, I'm, I'm, I never, I, I don't know, you don't make fun of me. Like, I'm not that guy, right? Now it's happening and I don't know how to handle it. So when he was Photoshopping my face and doing those things, yeah, it tilted me a little bit. Um, there was at one point he put up something about my wife that's when I was ready to fire off um, a lawsuit to him. And then I thought, he's not worth it. Like, I'm just not going to spend my time and energy. And as time went, I kind of realized, like, and this is so cliche to say because it's me, like, trolling him or dragging him. But I realized how um, irrelevant he really is. And I was giving it way more whatever, even until, like, a month ago when I kind of went at him on spaces. So this has continued a long time. But because he's so unreasonable and you and I know who I am, that I took such offense to it. So my current status is uh, I even went on to a spaces recently that he was hosting. He gave me the mic and nobody trolled each other. But he hit me two days ago with something about like he was he was dragging Dustin, the closer who who scammed Rampage. And now he's doing some real estate thing. And he tagged saying, oh, the next Nick Bertucci. So he still has got me on his radar. That's right? pretty funny, though. You got to get like, See, to me, no that's not that funny. I know it's not funny when you're the butt of the joke, but that's a pretty no, but like, even if I was the butt of the joke, I don't understand why that's funny. I'm OK with it. I didn't respond. I didn't I didn't bring it up to anyone until you just asked me. I don't care. And I promise you, I will tell you when I care, just like I'm telling you retro. I cared. Um, nobody responds to him anymore. There's not a lot of comments. Uh, I think he's lost his luster. I'm sure after he hears this, because he will. Someone will send it to him. He'll start hitting me again harder because then he'll feel like he's relevant again and we're talking about him. But hopefully he knows you asked about him. Um, he's a 53-year-old man who sits somewhere in Vegas. I won't say where, but I know where. He's even said where, but he can do that himself. I'm not looking to dox him. I did do that at one point. Um, so when he, he watches porn, a person? he put up a post. He watches porn. There was a little bottle of Cialis. 20 milligrams that's like it makes it would make your dick fucking explode if you took it so whatever um i think he cross dresses i think he does that he's posted pictures he used to be in porn to his self he said that posted pictures of himself so my status is i don't give a fuck but i did so he's welcome to go do all that so when he listens to this you know put me back on your radar i don't care that's our status 
what do you think about it all? How do you feel about that? Um, hold on. Let me pause this. I, take this. I got to take this phone call quick. I'll be right back. Take it. Take it. Let's just hang on, Brett. We'll edit it. I'm trying to finish a podcast with Sean Deeb. I'm wrapping up in the next few minutes. Be patient, please. Thank you for your patience. Sorry about that. That was the bank. That's okay. No problemo. Um, so that's, uh, so, yeah. Give an intro to my poker Karen. Cause I want to get, speak on him a little bit. Yeah. So, like. um, so that's my take on it. That's how I truly feel about it. I wouldn't have brought it up. I really didn't want to talk about it cause it'll just recharge him to do that. But honestly, I don't care. But what do you think about it? How do you feel about someone in the community that does that? How do you feel about him specifically and my situation and whatever you say is fine. I, I don't care. I, I really hate anonymous accounts. I yeah. wish Twitter was all real name. I literally use my name as one of my online screen names. I, I advertise who I am from day one, because if you're going to make statements and attack people, you have to give them a chance to respond and also question your integrity. Being a complete unknown who is literally clearly good at doing research on people and pulling up old ass shit from Google. Like I, I don't like, that they want to bring up everyone else's dirt while hiding their own. So if you're, if he does yeah. it under a real name, I would have so much more respect and trust the things he says. Yeah. But it, it seems like he's just more trying to fire people up, trying to say, oh, I'm good at Google. I can do this. Look at your old arrest sheet from 20 years ago. It's like, listen, man, everyone, some people went through stuff in their life at younger age. You know, there was definitely, you know, my high school days, I did some things I'm not proud of and hung out with some people that I shouldn't have. But sure. like, you know, it, luckily I don't have an official record or any of that stuff, but I, I'm willing to also speak on what I did and who I hung out with and why I think it was a negative. But like, yeah, I just don't like this one sided attacks where you try to shield yourself from that. And I and I hate how they want to just bring up random shit while yeah. trying to protect who they are. Well, I will tell you this. I'm gaining a lot more respect for your opinion because I do agree with that and not just because it happened to me. Um, and I do agree with you that if you're going to do that, say, say who you are, like make it a fair, make it a fair debate. Um, with that said, when this was first happening and I did care, I did a lot of background and I know who he is and, um, I know a ton more about him that uh, the only thing I even said about the, the stuff about him, he posted, he posted that he was watching porn. He posted that there's a Cialis pill thing right under his monitor. Um, he posted that he was in porn. So those are the things that I mentioned. I still didn't mention where he lives. I do know. Um, 
Uh, I have no intentions of ever doing anything to him, like legally, physically, nothing. I don't care. He's a nothing burger. The more I knew about him and the more stuff I have that I could tell you that I won't because I'm just not going to do it. Um, he has a background. And <clears throat> and I do think it's just it's just to be toxic because, you know, he had a space as I went on and I extended an olive branch. I don't know, like, why would I do that other than to just like, you know, just we're, we're grown men, like, stop it. And he let me go on and on about all the topics he was dragging me on. And then he came back on and acted like, oh, I was out. I went to get a sandwich like like what I was saying didn't matter to him. And he continued his shit. And so for now, that's it for me. I tried whatever. Um, I think more and more of the people I talk to, uh, he's just becoming a big joke um, to even more people. I think he was entertaining to a lot of people at first because of his stuff. Now it's just becoming nonsense and there's nothing to, to, to back it up and he doesn't put his face out. So that's how I feel about it. <clears throat> Whatever. Um, uh, there was something else I was going to say to you on that, that I, that I can't remember, but yeah, so that's how we both feel. Whatever. Anything yeah. else you want to ask me? I swear, like we'll wrap it up. I only have another few minutes cause I have to be somewhere in 15. But, um, if you do have anything else you want to ask me, man, please ask me. I, 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 this was one of my most enjoyable, uh, podcasts because you are so honest. You are so raw. Uh, I can ask you anything I did. You're welcome to push back. You push back. You're not, you know, you're so this has been great, but go on if you have anything. Um, I'm just trying to think. I, I really like, I didn't have planned questions. I felt like our conversations would lead towards, we knew what topics would be discussed. Course, you know? yeah. And, and, oh yeah, it's just like, you know, this industry has so many positives and I love to give the credit to HCL for what you guys have done. You took streaming to another level and I think poker is booming and everyone should get a little bit of credit for it. Um, you know, and but also like there always is going to be criticism and that's what you're realizing now is yeah. doesn't matter, especially when you're at the top, like you, you learn how many streams and other people want to punch up at you guys. And that's something I learned very early on in my career. And I think, you know, you, if, if we talk again in 10 years, which I wouldn't be surprised if we do, sure. you're going to have a lot of more similarities to me and experience because you're like, no matter what, I'm going to have people hate me, no matter what, I'm going to have people who make up shit about me. And, and once you stop letting that bother you and be like, Hey, they know my triggers. They're going to bring up my wife, my kids, this. And you're going to say, I'm not going to give in to them. And you will feel so much more relaxed. You will sleep so much right. better. You won't have to take your goddamn sleep chocolates anymore. Like <laughs> your, your quality of life is going to go up so much. Well, Sean, I totally agree with you. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. You are right. And I am coming to terms with everything you just said. It took me a while. It took a lot of pain. Um uh, a lot of stress, uh, whatever, but I truly meant and mean what I say to you now. I am close to the peak of like really, really not caring about anything. And I'm glad you said it, not me, because it sounds pompous, but it is because I'm at the top in what I'm doing. Like, I know I suck at poker, but my poker show is number one. And the bottom line is that's just a fact. And so I am, I, that's when I started getting hit personally and about my business and everything. So now what I've realized is that the more I get hit, the better I'm doing. And, um, and, so at one point I'll say, I think you should say our poker show because Ryan deserves a lot. No, of no, 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 no. Stop it. Yes. Listen, that is not a thing where I'm saying I, uh, because no, I, I'm, I'm just I'm, giving you shit. I'm yeah. Just, it's just me, you and me talking, <laughs> but yes, Ryan, of course, like Ryan, Ryan's the nuts, like his, his partnership and I couldn't have been any better. I fucking love that kid. He's the best at what he does. He is a fucking game running genius. Um, and of, of course, I mean, they're, 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 without being said, but with that said, when I'm in a conversation with you, I'm just talking about me. No, so, I know. I know. Yeah. I'm just, teasing um, you. I got a question for you. Yeah. What do you think of the odds Ryan gets into the Booker hall of fame? 
Well, I think he should be. So I think give me a number. I think, what? Give me a number. I don't know. I've never thought about it, but I know this and it, and it bums me out is people, if you asked Ryan, he would tell you this. People don't understand. Like, look, there's no show without Ryan. Okay. That's it. I know that. Hey, Ryan's fucking best. But people don't understand what our grind has been and what my grind has been with him. And I won't make it, but I should because I'm part of that show. And our greatness has have to do with me, but people don't know that because what is seen is, is Ryan, you know, like that he puts the lineups together. But to answer your question, I don't know the odds, but I think if he's not, it's a slight. I know. I, I think that he's made a great case the last few years when we talk about industry people. And I think as HDL continues to grow, which I, we both believe it will, I think he'll start getting mentioned in some of those discussions because, you know, Maury and Eric and all those other guys who did so much for poker on TV, Poker on streaming is the future. Are they, are they in? I don't know who's in. Yes. You don't know. Right. Oh, then it has to be then high 90% because HCL is the number one fucking poker show in the world. Like how could he not be? No, I, th I think it's a point that while discussing you, I thought of it and I think it's a reasonable thing to start discussing, you know, that we have to respect the current community of industry people. And I feel like his name is not mentioned with, you know, the Matt Savages and the East Sides because they've been around for longer. But I definitely think, uh, you know, claims coming forward for him. And hopefully, you know, your community starts voting him in because he should be on that list. Mm -hmm. And okay. no offense to you, but I, I I don't know, obviously, the behind the scenes 50-50, but I would yeah. say it's at least 60-40, Ryan. Maybe well, 75 and, that, and that's fine. And for me to even discuss that with you is a bad look for me. So it puts me in a, someone else would need to do that edification or have that conversation with you because if I do it, I would look defensive or um, whatever. It's a bad look for me. So it's like for, for me to even say what I said to you before was uncomfortable for me, but I will tell you it's a burr under my saddle. So if we want to just talk like regular talk, that really fucking hurts me when people do that because, because I know what I know what show would be or wouldn't be without me. I know that may sound bullish, but you can talk to fucking Ryan about that. Um, there is so much behind the scenes to have made this successful, but I have to stop there because then I'm taking the bait and I'll just say this. I wasn't trying to bait you. No, I no, no. I, 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 believe me, you're right. And, and so if we're just going off what you said, he should be in the hall of fame. He's amazing. He, he has changed streaming for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. So I'll just leave the conversation there or else it'll make me look bad. But yeah, that is, yeah. If you guys want to hit me, hit me with that. Cause that hurts my feelings. <laughs> so, um, but that's okay. And I can live with it. And, and I'm proud of my partner. I'm proud of our show. And, uh, he's a, he's a huge talent. And anytime I get a chance to talk about him, these are the things I say. I mean, Ryan's become one of my closest friends. Um, hurt me to have him even be questioned because he's one of the most honest people I've ever met. I have dealings with him in the hundreds of thousands of dollars being passed around. And this kid has told me on more than one occasion that I've shorted myself on like calculations and he's one of the most honest guys. And and I will tell you this, I care more about the monetization of our show as a business. Cause I'm a businessman. He can give two shits. He's like just an artist. Yeah. So him and I fight on a daily basis, like especially at the beginning that, you know, I want to run a business in the black. He'd fucking run it in dark fucking bright red. Yeah, he doesn't care. Right. But we wouldn't be able to last right without that. So we're, yeah, no, so, I think you guys make a great team. Like I think, yeah, no, no, I'm not making a case for that. I'm table. just saying like yeah. we're polar opposites and our strengths and weaknesses offset each other. And I'm, I'm blessed to have made a friendship with him. Um, 
to 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 for us to be in this position because I'm very proud of our show. So, well, yeah. I have a question for you. If you if you can't answer this, don't. But when is your ACL contract up? And I'm sure every casino has asked for you guys to move to there. Uh, we've had a lot. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, it's up August third. Wow. <laughs> and I have a and I have a meeting um, in two days with the CEO, the CFO, and maybe hopefully Mrs. Flint uh, to discuss that. And um, our heart is to be there. And and the general manager, Sean Yapel, is, I'm like you, dude, I'll answer anything. Like, that's something I shouldn't answer. Um, but our heart is to stay there. Sean Yapel is the reason why, another reason why our show is the success it is because of his management and his vision. Um, and I'm hoping the casino has the same vision. We'll see. Um, I have been contacted by a lot of people that want our business. I, I would like the brand to stay where it is because branding is very important. And then to become live at whatever just would be a bummer. Um, but I think we'll, I mean, I, let's put it this way. We'll be there. We just got to work out some details. Um, they've had uh, over 128 million impressions views in the last year because of our show. Um, they're making more money as a casino. Their games are filling up. They now have a five, five, ten on a regular basis, sometimes two or three tables. They never had that. They didn't even have a white chip game. That was Larry Flint's um, dream is to have a hundred dollar chip game at his casino. Now we ran out of chocolates and they have made the Kobe's, the the Platinums. And uh, it's a win win for us. Like they, 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 yeah, they're getting a lot of exposure. You know, people are coming all over the world to go to Hustler now because of the show, to play there, to see the stage, to do all that. There's people walk up to me constantly. Hey, I'm from Switzerland. I'm from here. I came from Florida. So it's a cool thing. Um, but yeah, I, I, Wednesday. Well, good luck on that meeting. That's thank you, sir. I will be there, and I will be there alone, without Ryan. Oh, I do. Okay, so just <laughs> well, Ryan's got to run the show. Ryan's got to run the show. Like we're doing, you know, we're doing a poker poker documentary. Well, I, me, I, I, well by I the way, I'm meeting at noon. We don't do a show at noon, but do you know we're doing that? I, I was I was aware of that. Yes. Yeah. I, so I we're doing that right now. It'll be out probably at the beginning of next year. And one of the lines in there that you'll see, it's on our sizzle reel, is if Ryan Feldman had a pick between his penis and our show, we'd have a show tomorrow. <laughs> That's the truth too. Um, yeah. He is devoted. You both are devoted. I mean, obviously, to be away from your family as many hours you do. I, I know how hard the business side of streaming is. You know, I was well involved with poker in America stuff. I know how difficult it is. And, you know, and you guys did it right with the one location. The traveling circus is so much harder to pull off. What, so what do you mean the traveling circus? Like, because Poker in America would set up shop at a new casino oh, yeah. every couple of months. It's well, Ryan crazy. and I talk about that on the regular about expanding, and we have a different feeling about that. I do... You know, I do. I would franchise what we do because there's a lot. Listen, I'm not going to talk. This one thing I won't talk about because, you know, I'm look, I'm fiercely competitive. So for me to have Big Bet Poker come around or when the bike was there and we had some bad blood with them, that fueled me. The reason why we're where we're at, one of one of the reasons, not the reason, is because of that piss and vinegar that's inside me as a businessman. And, you know, the stuff, the, the way we're monetizing and some of the things we're doing, that's how Ryan and I got together is when I was in seat five and they built the game around me on the Friday game and I was the fish and I'm still the fish, but I was the ultra fish there as a businessman playing against Garrett and this guy and all these guys. And it was just like, whatever. Right. But I would say to Ryan, 
when I'd be playing, why isn't there something on this felt? Why are your cameras and your audio and visual like shit? You guys have like, you have the ability, like you're the only game in, in town. Like you understand what you guys could do here if you have this many eyes on you and then they have it behind an antiquated paywall. And I'm like, no, this has got to be like millions of people got to see this because then when that happens, sponsors want to put their shit in, in, in your play. You know what I mean? And so these, this is why Ryan and I became really close is because like, he's like, yeah, you're right. I know, but I got these partners and da da da. And then they started treating him like shit. And then when they found out we were friends, they benched me because they were worried about us getting a stream. And then when they benched me and were worried about us getting a stream is when I called Ryan and said, let's get a fucking stream. Cause I'm, I was loyal. To, I mean, they built their, you guys built your show around me for two years and now I can't get a seat until I have a call with the partners after Ryan left and gave his notice, I'm like, fuck this. And I tapped out and I wouldn't go play again. And then him and I, that's what, this, how this happened. It is very interesting how it happened. And the one thing I won't tell everybody is there's so many ways to monetize this show and to make this show grow. And that's what Ryan are doing. And nobody knows what that is. And I won't give that sauce. I mean, some of it's obvious and some of it isn't. Um, but to have a healthy show, you have to be healthy financially. And that's one of the things we focus on. We focus on, I do, but he understands it. And, um, and that's why we're determined to give free poker, uh, for years to come. And we hope we could do that a hustler. I think we will be, um, that's our home. It wouldn't feel right anywhere else. So we'll figure it out. And, uh, yeah, that's the answer to your question. I do, I do want to, I did want to ask you something, but I'm so running out of time because I have a meeting in three minutes, but I'm going to ask you some shit anyways, and hopefully they'll be patient with me, is I wanted to just troll you or talk about the fact that when we were doing the amazing thing of breaking <laughs> world records, of having the million dollar buy-in when wind up having the biggest hand in cash flow history with so many good things, you felt compelled to go to Twitter and say, I can't wait till the next year when they have their $2 million minimum buy-in and play 10, 20, 40, alluding to the fact that, and it was true, that the game was playing so bad on the first day, in your opinion, that you've like, so want to tell me about that? Like, I get what you're going to tell me. Like, yes, the deep buy-in, it, it, it took a while for these guys to get going. It did make them play a little tighter. Eventually that changed. Um, but why? Like, why? Because I saw the lineup potential. I knew how difficult, I know how difficult it is for Ryan to get the right players to play those stakes against better players. Cause you keep moving up in stakes. You have to get tougher and tougher opponents. Cause the only people willing to sell enough action or get action to play those stakes are the best of the best. So it's going to be not like your regular show. And I think actually we can allude to the PLO stream, which you guys had, which was by far the most successful PLO stream ever. So entertaining. I was traveling most of it. So I wasn't able to give public, props to it but i think you see that people like seeing all ins and seeing super deep stack where people are afraid to raise the river with the second nuts makes a very bad show I and and i think that it definitely was very rough i think doug polk was the greatest addition because he's yeah. he he knew what he was gonna do he said i'm gonna make the gameplay bigger i'm gonna play the possibly the biggest pot like so you need those catalysts in the game and you know i had plenty of discussions on the spaces with Ben and Ryan and yourself and other people for the people watching this who don't follow the Twitter spaces about how important it is to have a catalyst in a game like that, because you need more than just one action player. You need three or four who can three bet and four bet, and then people get trapped in the middle and then the pots get out of control. And that is for the viewer, the most entertaining. 
Well, I get it. And you were right in to a, to a point and, and you are right, but, and it worked out. So it's all good. Yeah. yeah. Um, real quick on this because I am running out of time and I I'm really enjoying this interview. Actually. I wish, I wish I didn't have to rush it. Um, what do you think about the spaces and what do you think about Eden rocks and the drama and all the bullshit going on out there? Just as quick as you can. So, um, I like Eden personally. I'm so glad he's sober right now. I really hope he doesn't try to make enemies out of everyone in poker. I hope he doesn't get in this supervillain role. He's trying to allude to, um, I love Twitter spaces. I think they're the greatest way to engage with fans. I've yeah. met so many people at the World Series this year who would have never have approached me to say hi, but because we've talked on Twitter space, they feel like we're approachable. Um, I think that no offense to your podcast, I you know, I'm not into poker content to monetize. So I love doing Twitter spaces as an impromptu podcast. I plan on doing when I get home one or two a week with different big name players who aren't as publicly, you know out there whether it's you know Helmuth or Wyman or someone else who people want to get to know even on a more personal level and talk to one on one because I think that fan engagement is so fucking amazing of an experience that it's just going to build our community even stronger. Yeah, uh, I agree with you and two things I have to say. Number one is until I got Only Poker as a sponsor which I still run in the negative um this is a passion project for me. So I don't monetize this like you think. Uh, I don't even try to put my brain behind it like I do HCL. HCL, I'm in full full gear. Like I'm fully engaged with monetizing it and making it the greatest show and continue to make it the best show. So that has my full attention. This is just something I love to do. I love like you to talk. I like to communicate. Um, I like to banter. I, like, I love to interview people. I don't know why. Uh, I used to do a radio show. I have more of a face for radio, but I love broadcasting and that's why I do this. Um, with that said too, the poker spaces have been great. A lot of people have been said to me, you know, why do you go on there? You're like, you're running HCL. Like, why are you talking? Why are you doing this? You're putting yourself. I love to communicate. I love to meet people. And matter of fact, I'll just say this. One of the spaces besides Eden's that I was going into, and I'll tell you something about him if you don't know. Um, but with that said, I go into a group, the spaces where, and, you know, most people who troll me because they think I'm doing it to, like, help my image because of how I look and, and the things I say and I'm a white male and all this shit. But, like, I've made some really good friends and they're gay, transsexual. Um, the group I go into is a box of chocolates. There's a pansexual, which I didn't even know what the fuck that was until I got in the space. And these people legitimately are my friends. And, I'm, and a lot of them didn't like me because of just how I come across. And now we get to know each other. And like, there's a couple in there. There's this guy, Chris, if he watches, um, he doesn't believe in, um, like democracy. He probably believes more in communism. He believes so many different things that are opposite of what I do. But he's my friend now. Legitimately. I like I like him. He's gotten to know me. I got to know him. Uh, there's this gal, Ellie. She's she's I was trans. Gonna say, I've seen you and Ellie interact. And yeah, Ellie and I, you know, she I love her. Like she's my friend now. I think she's out of her mind. She drives me crazy. She talks too much, but 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 like so people don't understand like what you said. Like, this has been good for me too, because it's given people a chance to get to know the real me. And if I don't like you, I don't like you. I, I don't care if you're white. I don't care if you're black. I don't care if you're gay, straight. Mo I tell these guys in, in the spaces, like, you know, they think I'm a Republican. I'm not. I think the Republicans are dirty scumbags who lie and are all sold out. And so people don't really understand who I am. Um, so to your point, it's given a great ability for me to make friends, for people to get to know me, for me to understand other points of views. And I think it's been great. Now, one thing I will tell you, if you don't know, happened in the last week is Eden. There's a big drama. Are you familiar? I've, not, I've been out of the okay. Eden, Eden and Coco broke up 
there was a big sponsorship that they were supposed to get. Um, it's been talked about on Spaces. I won't say who, because that wasn't talked about. They offered Eden and Coco, from what I heard, allegedly, a house in Vegas, paid for it, um, a rent to live there, not to give them, um, a monthly stipend of like 10000 a month and something else to do their show and to maybe lean into some other stuff. And from what I understand, and again, Eden can come, I, I interviewed him. I'm going to put his podcast out this week, but I didn't have this information when I, when I interviewed him. Um, and again, this is on a public space that's recorded that he tried to uh, control the narrative, uh, argued with the sponsors, wanted full control, didn't want to go along with it, and then tried to like X Coco out. And oh. so now, <laughs> and I've said this on the space before, I said, there's something kind of cool about this guy. He's got a great broadcasting voice. There's some edge here that if he plays his cards right, but I often said, even at the beginning, but he'll get, he'll get to the pen and paper with a corp, someone corporate, and he won't be able to do it because he's not going to be able to get along with them. And I think that's what happened. So we'll see how it plays out. Apparently, there's this big now Eden's going to come back. He's going to do his own show. Coco and Snoop Dogg are going to do his, and there's this big thing. So this is brewing now. When you get back on, you'll see it. So that's new. This is the the new stuff. Breaking news. Breaking fucking news in the Twitter spaces, which is now X. We won't even get into that. All right. <laughs> I got to go quick here because I'm getting blown up. Um Poker Idol back then and now, if you have one, if you had one. Uh, it's the same. It's still Phil Hellmuth. That's interesting. I, I greatest, guess maybe back in the day, Doyle probably. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Um, yeah. Greatest tournament player? Myself. Not Phil? Myself. Okay. I love it. I get it. It's what makes you great. Um, best cash player? Ben Lamb. Yeah, is that right? Very interesting. Really, really good. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, worst person in poker and why? Just the worst person in poker and why? Um, men the master. I mean, why? he's just cheated for 25 years straight. Just shady individual. Didn't yeah. could never beat the game and will just do anything to you know steal from people. Didn't know that. Very interesting. I wish I had more time because I would ask you about that, but I don't. What are your, you have more goals in poker, more bracelets? Do, what's your, what's, what's next for you? And what is it that when you hang up your poker hat that you want to have accomplished in poker? I want to pass Helmuth and bracelets. That's my number one goal. Good. Good for you. I'll tell you what, you're on a, at your age, you're on a very decent pace and uh, you're proving yourself. Uh, your, your receipts cannot be denied. So true. Long so way to go. A lot so of congratulations to you for what you've accomplished already. It's very impressive. Thank you. I think you're an idiot and an asshole, and I do like you. That's no, I don't, I guess I, first of all, I don't think you're an idiot. And I actually don't even think you're an asshole. After even talking to you now, I kind of get it. I think you're still a little bit off the reservation a little bit because you're, you know, you're a little bit over too overconfident with your opinions, but that's okay. It's probably what makes you great. Very likely to be true. Is that fair? So, okay. Yeah. Do you have anything else for me? No, sir? I appreciate this. This went great. Sorry for the weather delay. We okay. could have got some more stuff, but, you know, yeah. we're going to we'll talk do... about doing a show. I'll be on Hustler at some point, probably before the World Series next year, if my wife lets me. And, you know, we'll do another podcast maybe in person. I'd love to do that. Let's do that. And let's see if we could do that Chicago thing, if that's a thing we want to lean into. Yeah, that sounds good. We do want to get Wyman on. I know you guys are close. It'd be great if you could do that. I do want to get him on my podcast. Um, if you could like put in a good word for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely. You guys can come on together, whatever. Yeah, sounds cool. good. 
All right, buddy. Uh, good luck. Keep up the good work. I hope you win the million off Perkins. Um, we'll go win some more bracelets next year. We'll see you on HCL soon. And I, I truly appreciate you being on. Thanks, Nick. All right. This is the Nick Fertucci Show. Of course, I am Nick Fertucci for myself and Sean Deeb. Envy out. Thank <laughs> you.